You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 31st, 2021. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, hey, the Orlando Magic defeat the LA Clippers. That, that's a sentence. Um, we'll talk about the Magic's win over the Clippers, why it's encouraging in so many ways, and why it revealed the basis for the Magic's success the rest of the way. We'll compare them to one of the great teams of Magic history. Whether that comparison is fair or not, we'll find out a little bit later on. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before you do, I do want to remind you, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. By searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. If you want to be in a cloud of depression and defeat, check out our pals at Locked On Clippers. Well, they, they probably won't be in that state for long. But hey, we're going to gloat over win when we can. Uh no matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. That's, that's a deep tease there. Well, not that deep, but whatever. The first half for the Orlando Magic was uh, depressing, to say the least. The Orlando Magic managed just 37 points in the first half. The offense looked lost. Uh, the team's decision to go with a starting lineup of, of only holdovers with Dwayne Bacon and James Ennis and Michael Carter-Williams and Ken Birch and Chumo Kiki um, did not seem to be working. Um, that, that did not seem to be a workable lineup. Um, it look, didn't look workable on paper. It certainly didn't work on the court. Uh, and the Magic were hanging on and keeping the game relatively competitive. But they were down 12 points right off the bat. Um, they were down uh, by 12 uh, fairly quickly. Uh, and then they you know, never really threatened the, the deficit in the first half. It was not that it was a listless performance, but you just saw the flaws of this team and how little offensive weaponry they have and and how the de- how small the margin for error was. They were giving up offense rebounds to Vita Zubas. Um, you know, they were still very clearly trying to figure out what rotations work and who plays where and who's ready for more uh, among the new guys. And the Magic just got beat. Um, that's that's really the only way I can describe it. They just got beat. Um, they got, you know, again, just, it, it was rough. It was rough. But as Steve Clifford often says, you know, double-digit leads don't mean a ton. Orlando just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. A little bit moment here, a little moment here, a little spurt here. In the second half, suddenly the Magic were playing a lot freer, a lot looser, with a lot more offensive force, with a lot more rhythm. The kind of ball-stopping that was happening in the first half really gave way. And it's the same thing that happened in Sunday's loss to the Lakers. And, you know, the Magic were struggling to, to just get moving. And all of a sudden, it clicked in, clicked with them. And of course, it started with their defense, as it should. That's going to be who this team is and, and how this team wins. 
their defense started to click into action. And that's when things really changed. Look, freely admit this. The Clippers didn't look super interested. It's almost like the Magic lulled them into sleep. They got sloppy, turning the ball over, allowing the Magic to get out and transition a little bit, allowing the Magic to get some confidence. Orlando's defensive energy picked up to to go with it, and it didn't look like the Clippers were quite ready. But still, the Clippers had a nine-point lead with 340 to play. They were, they were in control of this game. They had Kawhi Leonard. Leonard was tough stop. It didn't matter who the Magic put on him or how the Magic defended him. He was finishing at the rim. He was getting to his spots. It's, it's not a lot you can do at the end of the day sometimes. But in those final four minutes, the Orlando Magic put on a breathtaking display of defense uh, and just spunk might be the best word to describe it. They got stops. Wendell Carter Jr. had three blocks in those final four minutes, I believe. Um, those spark fast breaks. They got after the ball, were able to get deflections and steals. They made shots. Otto Porter suddenly becoming a, a, an attacking wizard, uh, pun intended there, um, able to get to the rim and finish. The ball bounced the right way. There was one play where Michael Carter-Williams, uh, or Terrence Ross had a shot blocked. It deflected off Michael Carter-Williams and off another Clippers player directly to Mo Bamba underneath the basket for a dunk. Sometimes you need plays like that, just the ball to bounce your way. The Magic, though, got after it. They played harder. They were first to every loose ball. And that's why they won the game. They made shots. They got to the basket. They did all the things they have to do. They got to the foul line. They, they played incredible defense, but it all was about the effort, man. And that's, that's going to be the key for this team moving forward, which we'll discuss coming up in a bit. But they played harder than the Clippers. The Clippers slept walk through the fourth quarter, slept walk through the whole second half, to be honest. And when they tried to turn it on, there wasn't enough gas in the tank. The Magic had drained them. So by the time the Magic tied the game, yes, the Clippers got a few open looks. Kawhi Leonard with a good pull-up three. Uh, rebound to Terrence Mann. He got Reggie Jackson open three. But Michael Carter-Williams tracked down the rebound or was able to deflect the rebound off of Leonard right into his hands for a dunk, for a breakaway dunk. That's what Michael Carter-Williams is good for. It's not so great at the half-court execution and driving and creating part. He is amazing at the fast-break part, at the creating seals, at the creating havoc part, which is why he's such a good bench player. The Magic came through in such a big way. Look, I know there's a crowd that was a little bit upset about the, about the win because it, quote-unquote, hurts the tank, but this is exactly how you want to win. Yachumo Kiki hitting... Yeah, Chumo Kiki had one play where he was doing, he got a pin, he was getting a pin down screen. He was trying to come to the top of the key. He pushed off Kawhi Leonard, shoved him aside, to be frank, got the ball, got a screen, and had a dribble step up shot, jumper, two point shot. This Rendell Carter Jr. was blocking shots and was such a huge defensive presence when the Magic were struggling to to lock down the paint, giving up 11 offensive rebounds, including eight to Ivica Zubas. Like, that presence is so huge. And again, it, it was so much of the guys you want to be contributing to wins. Even Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba had a fantastic, had a great game. There's certainly some struggles still, certainly some concerns, but he had that great block in the first half. He scored well throughout the course of the game. The, guy, the kid's playing with more confidence, sometimes to his detriment early in the game, but, you know, everyone's still figuring out their roles. 
And so the guys you wanted to perform well, the guys you want to see contributing to wins, did what they needed to do to contribute to wins. Yes, a guy like Otto Porter hitting some shots later, Terrence Ross getting the foul line, or Marco Carter-Williams' defense is what ultimately clinched it. But those young guys had major contributions to this win. And for a team that is still coming together, for a team that is still figuring each other out, that part is so huge. That part is such a big, big, big deal. This team was on its feet cheering for each other. They felt how big and important this one was for them and for their development. And, you know, honestly, as sports fans, especially staying up late, I'm recording this at, 10, at 11 a.m. because I was, up so, I was up late watching the game and then writing about it. This is what makes it worth it. This, is, this was a heck of a win, one of the best wins of the season. And the fact that this Magic team did not quit, that they're going to continue to fight, that's exactly what you want to see too. And that's going to be the underpinnings of this team for the rest of the season. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up here in just a moment, plus a look at the box score as well. But first, it's time to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. This is... Not, this is an easy choice, to be honest, because, um, you know, obviously a lot has changed with the Orlando Magic in the last week, but one player has really stood above the rest. And so we have to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week with our hopeful March Rookie of the Month, Chuma Okiki. Chuma has had a slow burn this season, coming back from a torn ACL that kept him out all of last season. Uh, uh, and, and again, during the pandemic, especially made it hard for him to come back. He had a bone bruise earlier in the year, just when it seemed like he was picking up steam and, and finding comfort. Uh, and, and you know, obviously raising concerns about the long-term stability of his knee and, and, and the injury and the, and the Magic were being super cautious. But since he has come back, he has slowly found his way. With rookies, it's always up and down. With rookies, it's always, you, you don't always know what you're going to get. But especially since the trade, and really before, slightly before it, Okiki has really come into his own. Entering... Tuesday's game, he was averaging 18 points per game. He scored 18 on 7 for 11 shooting in Tuesday's game and was doing all the things you want him to do. Defending well, hitting outside shots. He's surprisingly a really good shooter. Um, And slowly his game and his role is expanding. Maybe not as fast as some want. He looks like the best player on the floor at times, but he's not quite ready to attack off the dribble, although we're seeing some of that now. His pick-and-roll game with Wendell Carter Jr., in uh, Sunday's loss to the Lakers was really impressive. He had one move in transition where he caught the ball, dribbled over to his left side, and hit a scoop layup or, or, or like a, a contested floater over a player in transition, which was just like really, really impressive. Like there's so many things that are impressive about this kid. But most importantly with Chumo Kiki, what, what I think is really impressive is how his teammates talk about him. Anytime you ask any of his teammates, whether they're new teammates, whether they're old teammates, Anytime you talk to talk about Tumo Kiki to his teammates, you can see their faces light up. They love this kid, and they love this kid's game. And as we say here, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And that's why this Michelob Ultra is for Chuma Okiki. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. And right now, Chuma Okiki is success our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. 
Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Let's run through that final box score for you real fast as the Orlando Magic defeat the LA Clippers 103 to 96. A really impressive win with a lot of really impressive performances. We'll start with Chumo Kiki, our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. 18 points, 7 for 11, shooting 1 for 3 from beyond the arc. Two rebounds, we won't haunt those. Four rebounds, two assists, three steals, three turnovers. Still a rookie, still learning things. Um, look, Chumo Kiki's been really impressive. Um, I, I don't think I'm overstating things by saying that he is currently, um, currently the most promising player on the floor for the Magic. Might be the best player on the floor. I, I was, you know, obviously watching the game and fans were asking with six minutes left, where's Shumo Kiki? Where's Shumo Kiki? Um, and they're right. Um, you know, I, I think that Steve Clifford is still trying to make sure everyone plays. And again, 11 guys played in this game. The Magic used their whole roster here. Um, the Magic are trying to get everybody in right now and just trying to figure out what they have. You know, I, I, we'll talk about this, I think, a little bit more on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic um, that... The Magic are still getting a sense of who these guys are and what these players are trying to be and and how to use them properly. Uh, and so I don't think we've seen a set rotation yet. Um, you know, we'll get to Wendell Carter here in a bit, but that guy, that guy needs to be playing. He is. He is. His impact is so abundantly clear. And um, you know, I don't think the Magic should be pressing them to thirty plus minutes yet. But Okiki only playing twenty eight minutes. Like, look. He needs to be playing like 31, 32 minutes right now. He is he is that good. He's that solid defensively as a rookie. And again, he makes mistakes. He still fouls a little bit too much, as Steve Clifford pointed out after the game. But the guy was plus 15. He's consistently on the positive side of that plus minus, even with that playing with that terrible starting group. Um, but he is just, he is really blossoming and maturing in front of our eyes. What, what I find really exciting um, is, yes, the shot is there. He's more confident taking that shot. Again, he airballed his first two shots. Um... And he kept shooting. I mean, I, I just love this kid's mentality and attitude. I mean, look, he's 7 for 11 for the game, so that made him 7 of his last 9 shots. Um, he's not forcing anything. Everything is very smooth and within the flow of the offense. You don't need to do much to get him going. You just need to get him the ball, to be frank. Um, but he is starting to display some off-the-dribble moves. Um, that transition play that I described earlier was was really, really, I mean, again, just so exciting. Just so exciting to see a young player grow. And I mean... That's what's going to be the, the best part about the rest of the season is watching these young players grow. You know, watching a guy like R.J. Hampton kind of come into his own and figure out the league with more minutes. To watch, you know, Mo Bamba get some playing time perhaps and, and, and figure himself out and figure out where he fits into the league. Figure out where Wendell Carter fits into the league. All these things are going to be so important to this team. Um, and, and it's really exciting because we're starting to see it already at this early stage of the rebuild. Um, other notable scores. Uh, Terrence Ross, 15 points, 3 for 12, shooting 1 for 4 from beyond the arc, 8 for 8 from the foul line. Kudos to Terrence Ross for getting the foul line. I think he had 6 free throws in the fourth quarter. Did a really good job cutting his uh, cutting his cut short. Um, I think a little bit of rust might explain why his shooting was so poor. Um, hopefully that doesn't last. The Magic are going to need his scoring and, and, and the attention that he brings uh, to be successful. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts to kind of the weekend lineups. Magic get a lot of their points off the bench here. Um, you know, the starting lineup really struggled. Orlando scoring a good chunk off the bench. 12 points for Mo Bamba, 4 for 10, 2 for 2 shooting from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, including 3 offensive rebounds, and 1 nasty block on Reggie Jackson. Um, I, I will say this. Um, I think Bamba had a, had a good game. Um, there's still a lot of major concerns and, and why I 
you know, I would start Wendell Carter over him or play Wendell Carter over him. Um, again, just watch how Wendell Carter finished the game um, and, and, and what he gave the team defensively and the consistency he gives defensively. And, you know, Mo can do that. I think Mo can get there. Maybe playing alongside Wendell will help. Um, but Wendell's there. Wendell's further ahead than Mo. Um, Mo really struggled on the offensive glass, especially. Gave up eight, you know, the, he wasn't the only one that gave up offensive rebounds to Ivica Zubas, but Zubas was moving him around. He was jumping a little bit on those blocks. Um, but overall, you know, you can see Bamba, you know, playing with a little bit more freedom and confidence. And, and maybe that is a product of Nikola Vucevic not being there and, you know, Clifford knowing that he can lean on Vucevic a little bit more um, if, if he had to, you know, play him 35, 36 minutes if he had to. Um, with that gone, Mo is playing freer. He's willing to take jumpers. He's willing to attack a little bit more. We're seeing some of that kind of pump fake dribble moves that 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 he had the potential to deliver out of college. And and so I'm intrigued to see whether this confidence continues, whether this is able to continue on. Because he's, he's starting to produce a little bit. Um, obviously, you give a guy time, he's going to put up numbers. Um, but for me, the big thing for Bamba is he's got to be more solid on the glass. Got to got to rebound a whole lot better. And if he can rebound a whole lot better, the Magic will be in better shape. And, and I think that's ultimately what's going to be important for this team moving forward is that Bamba is able to be a more effective rebounder. Um, let's talk about Wendell Carter. 11 points, 4 for 4 shooting, plays only 18 minutes, 6 rebounds, 3 blocks, 3 assists. Um, Carter showed everything that he has the potential to do in this game. And we saw some really good defensive plays at Sunday's loss to the Lakers. This game, he really made an impact defensively. Was able to block shots and get back into rebounding position. That is that is so critical, is that you block a shot and you get the rebound. Because a block shot without a rebound is not entirely useful. Um, and and Carter's blocks, you know, led to fast breaks. Um, those were big plays. I mean, two, three blocks in the final six minutes of the game um, is just really, really good. And right now, Carter is kind of the last man off the bench, but I don't think that's going to last. Um, this guy, this guy's played crunch time in both games. I think that shows the level of trust that Clifford has in him. Maybe he's still dealing a little bit with with some injury restrictions. He's He's been dealing with a nagging injury throughout the course of the season, but it, you know, I'm still a little bit skeptical about Carter being a full-time starting center. Um, you know, obviously, New Orleans coming up on Thursday. You've got both Zion and Steven Adams. Um, it would not surprise me if Carter's starting or if Carter is the first big off the bench uh, very, very shortly. Um, the impact that he makes is just so clear. And, you know, again, you look at guys getting a fresh start, getting a kind of a reset to their careers. Window Carter needed that. In Chicago, like... The Jim Boylan experience for him was terrible. There's all these reports about how Boylan kind of beat the shooting out of him and beat the confidence out of him. First first open three that Carter got, he shot it and just shot it confidently. Made it. And you could just see his eyes widen, everything open up for him. And this is a Wendell Carter the Magic need. Um, you know, you could just see how excited Magic fans were to see this kid have this kind of a game. And, and again, we're, we're still discovering who these players are. I don't think we've gotten their idiosyncrasies yet. Um, but Wendell Carter being able to shoot from the outside, being able to shoot from the perimeter is such a huge weapon. And the Magic absolutely need that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that further develops as as the course of the season goes on. Otto Porter Jr. with 13 points on 5 for 10 shooting, 3 for 3 from the foul line, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, really seemed to perk up late in the game. I, I'll admit this first half, I thought Porter looked very checked out. Um, missed a ton of defensive rotations. 
Um, but again, you trust veterans to figure things out and to get get things right on the fly. And when the game got close, the Magic were able to turn to Porter, and this is exactly what I imagine Otto Porter is going to be able to do for them. They're able to get to the basket. Um, you know, honestly made good decisions. Um, you know, he wasn't like chucking it or anything. Uh, and again, you know, you got Dwayne Bacon maybe only playing 20-51. Um, Porter actually playing more than Bacon um, in this game. Uh, that's That could be a sign of where things are headed. Again, I think Clifford is still getting a feel for who these guys are and, and how to build a rotation that makes sense and keeping some consistent playing groups. Obviously, the Magic are doing some things right right now, so you don't want to tinker too much. Um, but the Magic uh, certainly in a, a good spot. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, last guy I want to talk about. Eight points, seven rebounds, nine assists, three for 10 shooting. Um, big key with Carter, with Michael Carter-Williams is shot selection and play selection. You know, he's he's good at driving and getting in the paint, but not a great finisher. Um, he's got to be a kick-out guy, and, and he's got to do enough to get the defense to collapse around him. Bacon's the same way. Bacon, not a great passer. Carter-Williams, certainly a better passer. Um, but Michael Carter-Williams is best in transition and as a defensive pest. Um, I think that this is an area where the Magic are going to be really eager to get Cole Anthony back, who's a little bit more of a threat to score. Um, and, and they can go back to using Michael Carter-Williams as that kind of defensive agitator off the bench. And again, with the Magic playing this kind of very equal, you know, egalitarian style that they're playing right now, they will have plenty, plenty, plenty of guys to throw at teams and, and keep the pressure on them if they do what they have to do to win, which is play hard. And we'll talk about that coming up here in a minute. The Magic shoot 41.3%, just 5 for 17 from beyond the arc. Not a very three-point heavy game for the Magic. They're 22 of 25 from the foul line, able to get to the foul line. They have only uh, eight turnovers, which is a really solid number. Um, a lot of those coming in the third quarter. They forced 14 turnovers, which helped spark their fast break. Defense was incredible for the Magic. 41.6% shooting for the Clippers, 12 for 37 from beyond the arc, only 10 free throws allowed. They do give up 12 offensive rebounds, 8 to Ivica Zubas. Um, but when that got cut off, the Magic's defense really started to take off. Kawhi Leonard led the undermanned Clippers with 28 points on 10 for 20 shooting. Can't do much with Kawhi. Um, the very little else. Reggie Jackson, 15 points on 6 for 18 shooting. Luke Kennard with 17 points on 6 for 16 shooting, 3 for 8 from beyond the arc. The Magic do a good job holding the Clippers in check. Again, Clippers didn't have much of a bench. They only played 8 guys in this game, so uh, Orlando was able to eventually wear them down and pull away for the win. The Orlando Magic defeat the Los Angeles Clippers 103-96. to We'll talk about the key to the Magic's future coming up here in just a moment. But first, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to figure out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. We are in the final four of Built Bar Madness. Isn't that exciting? Let me see if I can pull up uh, today's matchups here, but... Um, we are we are in the middle of this great tournament of great built bar um, flavors and 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 if you haven't had them yet, uh, man, it is it is fun. It, these are great. These are really really good um, uh, protein bars. I am not a big protein bar person, uh, but I have really enjoyed uh, enjoyed these. I have them uh, not every day, but fairly fairly regularly now. Um, it's a it's a good little snack for my diet. Today's matchup in Built Bar Madness is a good one. It's cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. That was actually yesterday's matchup, but nonetheless, um, a really tough matchup here in the final four between two fantastic flavors. I've had cookies and cream. It is delicious. Might be my favorite, but I would not be opposed to cookie dough chunk at all. 
And let me tell you, they taste exactly what they say on the box. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote in these matchups. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, the NCAA tournament, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds on prop and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's completely free to sign up. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Since the Magic made these trades, there's been a lot of doubt. Um, There's sort of an acceptance of the season being over, of the team getting the worst odds in the lottery, of just a recognition that this team doesn't have much talent. And yes, even Steve Clifford has said, it's going to be tough. Margin for error, much smaller. Team's going to have to do very specific things very, very well if they're going to compete and if they're going to win. But as Steve Clifford also said, we're not making things up here. The goal is still to win, and that is still the standard that we're going to hold everyone to. Steve Clifford sending that strong message after the Magic's 96-93 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's been very reminiscent of another time in Magic history, of another point where the Magic were left for dead. Long before anything was written. Long before they even had a chance to play. Back in 2000, no one expected the Magic to do anything. There were some people who believed the Magic would only win 10 games that year. The purpose of that team in 2000 was to clear cap room, get a high draft pick, and reset the franchise after shedding away all the remaining parts of the 1995 finals team. But a funny thing happened. You had guys like Daryl Armstrong and Ben Wallace and Bo Outlaw who would not let this Magic team quit. And heart and hustle was born. The Atlanta Magic that year finished 41-41, and just missing the playoffs by a couple of games, losing their playoff spot, or, or being eliminated from the playoffs in the penultimate game of the season. A heartbreaking loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, yes, it still hurts. Um, but that team became one of the most beloved teams in Magic history. If you actually go back and look at the stats and look at that team and how they played, you'll ask yourself, how did this team finish 500? There were a lot of blowout losses that year. That some, on some nights, the talent gap was too big. But what that season proved, and what subsequent teams throughout the league have proven, from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Memphis Grizzlies to whoever, is that you can make up a talent gap on effort. Effort is always the baseline. And in this league... If you play with enough effort, if you play with enough intensity, if you play with enough energy, you can give yourself a chance. For the Orlando Magic, wins might still be hard to come by. We don't know. This team is still coming together, still figuring itself out. But the only way they're going to win, the only way they're going to compete, the only way they're going to get anything out of the season 
is if they play hard. If they play harder than the other team. If they do that, they will have a chance to win most games. And it's not to say that the Magic didn't play hard before the trades. They they did. Um, and so you can see effort alone isn't enough. But effort sure is a good place to start. Um, it's very important just because, you know, it shows that we can do it and that we can win as long as we just go out there and just play hard and play for each other and just stick to the game plan, you know. It shows what we're capable of, but we just got to keep on doing it. We just got to keep building from this game. Magic forward Chuma Okiki talking there. Now, look, no one here is going to sit here and say that the Magic are going to be able to blow teams out or blow teams out of the wall. The margin for error is incredibly small. The team scored 37 points in the first half and a night after scoring, what, 30, less than 40 points in the first half again. So there are a lot of things still to work out. Uh, and teams are going to slowly get tape on this group. They're going to slowly adjust how they defend Chuma Okiki. There's going to be a lot of work ahead for this Orlando Magic team. And, and the first work, of course, is figuring out how to piece together rotations that get their best players in the best positions to succeed. But all of it is going to be reliant on that little bit. That heart, that hustle. Um, that's how the Magic are going to win. That's how the Magic are going to compete. This is not a team, as Steve Clifford said, that's going to be able to score 112 points, 120 points. Going to be able to race out in front of teams and blow them out. This team is going to be about grit. Again, go back and look at those 2000 Magic's teams. They were holding teams to 95 points. They were keeping scores low. They were doing everything they could to just squeeze out every little point. And if you look at the box score, they'll be like, how did the Magic win this game with 50-some-odd points off the bench? With, uh, you know, again, a guy who's not even a creator leading the team in scoring. How did they squeeze this win out with Kawhi Leonard playing, scoring 28 points? So much of it is just about what they did on the defensive end. It's about building that foundation based on effort. Effort and energy go a long way in this league. It, 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 really, it really can be that simple. The most talented team in the world... They might have a larger margin of error. They might be able to win some games, but they're not going to be able to compete if they don't bring it every night. And sure, I freely admit, I agree, the Clippers slept walk through this game. They didn't have the energy. They didn't have the effort. They weren't going after the loose balls. And when they tried to turn it on, the Magic were already humming and revving. That's how this Magic team is going to win. They're going to catch some teams falling asleep. But lest you think that this Magic team has given up on anything, they know what this league is all about. And so far, at least, they're willing to put the effort in to do it. So this, this league is all about wins, you know, good wins, ugly wins, great wins. It's all about getting wins. And uh, you know, tonight we took a, in my opinion, from the two games I've been here, we took a, a great step forward in the right direction. And uh, uh, that, that definitely, it definitely is a confidence booster. Uh, going against one of the best teams in the Western Conference, um, getting a win, especially on the road, you know, that's, that's all the confidence you need. You know, going into the next game, you, know, you, you just got to feed off that same energy. You know, we got to have that same kind of energy, especially late in games. Wendell Carter Jr. describing the, Orlando, the importance of that win last night for the Orlando Magic. Right now, the team is obviously on a high. And as we often say here uh, the, in the NBA, uh, momentum is the next day's pitcher. It's the next game. And what you can do every night is more important than what you can do on any night. you got to be able to do it again and again and again. And obviously the Magic through two games don't have a large enough sample size to tell us exactly who this team is. 
We do want to see uh, Steve Clifford begin to shorten and tighten rotations, uh, set playing groups, and play some of these guys a little bit more. Um, you know, Wendell Carter is clearly making a huge impact on games. And so there will be some shifting and some adjusting still to go. Teams will get tape on the Magic here shortly, and they'll key in on tendencies and try and figure out how to stop them again. Um, right now, the Magic are able to catch a lot of teams by surprise, perhaps, because there's no tape on them. But the Magic's core is both their defensive intensity and their energy, their effort, their hustle. I'm not here to say the Magic are going to come back and make up the four games that separate them from the Chicago Bulls. I'm not here to say the Magic will be a playoff team or will climb out of 14th in the Eastern Conference. I don't know. My, my bet is that you know they'll still be one of the worst teams in the league by the end of the year. But moments like these show what it's going to take to be successful just the rest of this year as well as moving forward. The Magic, as they begin to rebuild, have to play with this kind of energy and intensity and effort every single night. You add that on top of you know, adding, you know, Steve Clifford's tactical, you know, tactical uh, scheming. And a Magic could very well be a good team very, very quickly. If everyone's bought in, if everyone believes that this is possible, then they very well could take care of this business. The Atlanta Magic again defeat the LA Clippers 103-96. to They're in New Orleans to take on the Pelicans on Thursday. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Thanks again, everyone, for letting me uh, record these uh, in the in the morning, in the early morning, in the uh, like uh, mid-morning, late morning, um, since the Magic are on the West Coast. I'm staying up a little bit later. I am trying to make sure I get some sleep, so I appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, and letting me post these around noon each day. Um, I'm hoping to get back to a morning schedule next week. Um, there might be a morning, there'll probably be a morning episode for you tomorrow. Um, so be sure to subscribe to Locked On Magic wherever you download podcasts to make sure you have the latest episode of Locked On Magic. Set up an alert. I don't know if you can, but set up an alert. Let you know when I post these every day. I appreciate everyone um, for uh, allowing me some inconsistency with my posting time. Uh, and I thank everyone again for listening. We had a really good week last week with the trade deadline, obviously. Um, so I want to thank everyone who's listening and who stuck around to listen a little bit more. Uh, for those that want to continue to interact with the show, we will be hosting a locker room on Friday at 3.30 p.m. That's my plan, at least. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd to join the locker room. You can follow me on locker room at philrsquared. Um, so I believe that is my locker room my locker room uh, uh, username. I want to make sure here. Um, so you can follow me and you'll know exactly when I'm po- when I'm posting and when I go right. I'm sorry, it's not philrsquared. It's prosmanreich. See, I knew I got it wrong. Um, you can follow me on locker room at prosmanreich. That's prosmanreich. R o s s m a n r e i c h. Um, to get to get notified when I enter when I open the locker room and we can talk some magic basketball this Friday at 3:30. See, I'm glad I checked those check that thing. I would have given you some bad information. That's gonna do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On.